Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. Well, Kim, it's such a pleasure to have you on Mic Drop Events. And I know that you and I, we got to know each other a little bit on Clubhouse, and then we actually got to meet in person. Um, this was probably over a month ago in Alpharetta, Georgia, which wow. it turned just it just so happened that like your where you live is right around the corner from where our office is in Alpharetta. And mm -hmm. so that was really fun getting to go online and then offline. And now we're back here online. For well, and you introduced me to um, Mini Olivia's, which I found because I went to your office, which is a great pizza shop, which has outdoor seating, which my family has eaten at like a thousand times since I met you. So it was great. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Minnie's. Their pizza is incredible. I love it. They've got like a vegetarian pizza that is amazing. And <laughs> yes, we we love that place. We are frequent there. And actually, they're building a brand new restaurant right next I to them. Know. I know. It's so great. And the outdoor seating and music. So anyone in Alpharetta, check it out. <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. And uh, so that actually is a perfect one. I didn't even prep you for this, but I like to ask sometimes an icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question for you, Kim, it's a, it's a really hard one. Just kidding. For some, well, for some people, it's really hard. But is it tacos or pizza? If you had to choose between one of the two, which one would you choose? Pizza. My Italian heritage pulls me in every time. Although we had tacos last night for dinner, but yes, pizza for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, um, Kim, let's go ahead and dive straight into it. Um, otherwise, I'm just gonna we're going to make all of our listeners, all of our watchers, more hungry the more we talk about food. So I mean, we should probably start talking that. about events. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so um, the first question I have for you is um, I know that you are um, I, I love on your website. So it says that you are fueled by faith, love, laughter and lots and lots and lots of coffee. And sometimes that coffee is much needed on an early event day. Cheers to yours. I don't have my coffee cup, <laughs> but um, sometimes that coffee is much needed on an event day that you guys are doing for your customers. What tell us what types of customers um you can share everyone for those who don't know you a little bit more about powerful professionals and then what types of events do you do for your customers? I used to, my background is actually in event planning. That was my first um, foray into the working world. And I used to plan celebrity events and I had events that I did for Natalie Cole, the late great Natalie Cole. I did events for restaurant openings for Bravo television um major major celebrity events and i hated it very much um i hated all the things i, I love event planning i've always loved event planning but i hated the the diva element now all the people i just mentioned were not this way i also wouldn't mention their names but i hated the diva elements i held the entitlement i hated how mean people were to all the event staff like i felt like i had all the responsibility and none of the control and but I knew I loved event planning. I just didn't know how we would utilize it moving forward. Eventually, I start I shifted from events to marketing and then eventually direct response marketing. And we became a leading company for direct response social media marketing. I ended up selling my agency. And when we launched our um, coaching business, we started to utilize events as a way to take people from engaging, um, becoming a student in one of our courses, with the course, they would get a ticket to an upcoming virtual event. 
And from that virtual event, they would get an invitation to join our group coaching program. We held the first one of these in last July. Um, we held um, three of these events called Launch Academy Live in the last year. My next one is coming up in October. And um, because of just from these virtual events alone in the last year, I'm getting a Funnel Hacking uh, Two Comma Club Award this week from revenue generated from these virtual events. Um, and we've generated over a million dollars in revenue in the past seven months collected, not even like sales. Our sales are higher, but cash collected in the last 12 months is over seven figures um, from virtual events. And what I love about it is it allows me the opportunity to have massive impact. I know God put me on this earth to help impact makers make more of an impact. And it gives me three days to spend lots of time with amazing people. And a percentage of those individuals take the next step with us. And that has funded our company. And um, our virtual events are all about how to how people can turn their coaching or consulting into a course. And we walk them through the blueprint over the three days. And then we make them an offer to join our group coaching program um, if they want to continue on with us at the end of the event. Those are amazing stories and results. Um, that's really cool. Congratulations on getting a couple of awards even from now from the events that you've been uh, hosting. And I love that line that you said also of helping impact makers make a bigger impact. It was something along those lines. I didn't say it yeah. perfectly the way that you say it. You say it way more eloquently, but um, that's. I think that's really important when it comes to thinking for events because like the purpose of an event, right? is for the person who's attending it. And mm -hmm. so if you're gonna host an event, whether that's for your customers or for your um, employees, it's mm -hmm. about making their life better, which is exactly what you're describing. So I'm really curious to know because you have a background in event planning and virtual events, you just mentioned, you guys have done a bunch of them. You said your next one's coming up in October, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, got it. So. So one of the questions we like to ask people is when, right when they're done with an event. And so we can talk the virtual event route. Like we like to ask the question like, Hey, what went well? And if we did this again tomorrow, what do you want to, what do you want to make happen again? Because it went really well. And so I'm really curious for this event that you have coming up in October and from your experience that you've already gone through, you're doing more, more events coming up. What are some, what are maybe a couple of things that we can all learn from you guys and say, hey, these are this is really working for our event. And so we're doing this again and again and again and again. It's amazing because we had so much success the first time we did this event that we tweak very little. Like we, and that's one of those things when I'm a my favorite quote is in God I trust, everyone else bring data. I am a data-driven nerd. And so every time we make a decision, it's based on like, what does the data tell us? Like whenever a team member, and I love my staff, I have the best team in the entire universe, but when they say, I think, I'm like, nope, <laughs> they know right away. Okay, wait, no, 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 I'm not gonna share you what I think. I gotta show what I know from the data. And it's always a data-driven decision. So we will look at what worked and what didn't every time. And from our first event on, we were converting it over 30% of those that attended took our offer which was very high. And um, so we always wanted to tweak very, very little. The first time I ever did a virtual event, I did it from my, I didn't even have this. This is like a backdrop and a studio setup we did after my first virtual. I did it in a hallway with my laptop, 
uh, a microphone I thought was working and wasn't. So I was just using like my laptop camera, my laptop microphone, and we did a quarter million dollars in revenue and um, and had massive impact on people's lives there. And we're like, oh my gosh, okay. Let's just keep it basically like it is. And the only things we up leveled was some of the production value because I wanted to bring that in. And um, we did a lot of things really well from the beginning, which was we um, engaged the audience with breakouts. We would uh, we would do a lot of um, community building. Um, there's an amazing book that I love called You're Invited. And it's by John Levy, and it's all about how to create community engagement. He is amazing behavior scientist. I highly recommend it, and every marketer should read it. Event planners should have it as their bedside um, table, uh, most often red book. Um, and that was really good. One of the things that I didn't do as well is um, we work with a partner who does um, very big production events and like doing Tony Robbins and events like that. And they have a huge studio, which was great. But I was a little more like I was a little bit not as relaxed in the very beginning of the event. And I was more like performing and not as authentic. And so I had to we still turned our numbers around. We still did as well as we had done before. But I had to work a lot harder on day three um, because I wasn't as maybe as like relaxed and as myself the first two days. So my do over is like to to get more chill and to spend more time practicing before we start in that new space. The other thing that we did um, that it wasn't as effective was we'd sold 400 tickets at our last event, but only 330 people checked into the event and only 200 people were on when I made my offer. Um, we looked at who bought tickets and who never checked into the event. What was the source of the registration? Which sources brought people not only to buy a ticket, but most likely to show up? And so we track those and the strategy, some of the strategies that sold us a lot of tickets had the lowest turnout rate. So we eliminated those marketing strategies for selling this time. And we might have lower numbers, but a higher number of people who show up and engage in the event. So that was important to us. I, I love a couple of things and and I can definitely tell that data is important to you because you just knew those off the top of your head. 400 uh, people, yeah. 330 checked in, 200 on during after. And if you're watching this or listening to this afterwards and you missed that quote, because like I, I wrote it down immediately and I was like, <laughs> like laughing to myself behind the scenes because it's so good is in God, I trust everyone else bring data. So that was, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I love that. And I, I love the tips that you gave. Um, the the things that you said like have worked really, really well is you guys started off with a good flow and you recognized even that there's some level of production that you needed to up level. But once you got to a certain level, you just didn't, you didn't feel as comfortable. You didn't feel as authentic. So I think that's really important. And, and we have a similar story of what you're talking about for our first virtual event. The first one we ever did for a client, it was on a laptop, exactly what you were describing, Kim. And on this laptop, we accidentally, it was a, it was 250 people for a client of ours. And we were the host MC, like we were running the whole back end of it. And we accidentally like on a Mac laptop, I've got it here in my bag. It's like a 2014 MacBook Pro. We accidentally swiped backwards because it was on a website and it made it refresh. And we were locked out of the event for five minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> 
five minutes. I'm sh I'm sure oh if, if you're if you've ever done a virtual event and you can imagine being locked out for five minutes, my stress level was through the roof. It was yeah. awful. We had to like reset the computer and log back in. It was crazy. So yeah. um, I know that uh, before, while we were um, right before we hit the record button, Kim, one of the things that you talked about is you use events as part of your customer journey. It's not. It's not like. The, you didn't even say it's like the majority of it. You just said it's part of your customer journey. And you also just alluded to knowing a bunch of different numbers for how to market to certain people. So maybe there's someone out there that's watching this and they're, they're either a coach or a consultant. They're considering putting on their own virtual event. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit more about what you guys teach for your clients for, hey, events are just one part of the customer journey. Like what's working for you guys is that's the part. So Maybe you can do an overview of the customer journey, whatever that means for you, Kim. Yeah, we look at the overall. So my entire business fits in a triangle and it's a triangle that fits on one sheet of paper. And we call this the apex accelerator because the very top of the triangle point is called the apex. And that is our most profitable, most engaged, most loyal, most amazing clients that we have are at that very top. And we have a top level called Elite that's $35,000. And so all of my marketing is talking to the same person who would be a great match for the Elite level, even though we're not selling the Elite level on anything I do publicly at all. Like you only end up in Elite if you're already in one of my coaching programs and you um, identify as somebody who would be a good match for that program. But I'm always talking to that person because if I want all of my marketing funnels to be filled with people who are the right match for that, then I have to be talking to that person for every single thing that I do, which is why legit, like I am authentically someone who believes in God and loves data and people who are my clients typically are also people who love God and love data. Like I am a good match for those people. They want to have massive impact. They also want to increase their income. And so I'm like legit talking to that person all the time and um, on purpose with a purpose. And so what the way that we talk about the Apex Accelerator at the very bottom of the triangle, it's all the free content. It's being a guest on this like amazing podcast. It could be doing a clubhouse room, doing an Instagram post. That's free content. You then invite people to a free masterclass where you give them great value, but you offer them at the end, if they want to take the next step with you, they're going to buy your course, okay? Your digital course, that will be a way to offer them value. One quick win they're going to get in that digital course. The digital course will come with a ticket to your virtual event. At your virtual event, they will get an offer for your group coaching program, your mastermind program, or it could be a VIP consulting program. Um, and so our event is part of our conversion process from course to coaching. So if you look at numbers, you'll get about one. Um, so if we did three to four opt-ins a day, okay, we would get about 100 opt-ins a month, right, to our free masterclass. That means we'd get 1,200 opt-ins a year. We would get 240 people to show up for the webinar because about 20% will show up. That means we'd sell about 10% which means 24 courses at $24,000. And then about one third of those that buy our course would buy our group coaching program, which means we would sell eight people into our $10,000 group coaching program. So from one course, three opt-ins a day, we got $24,000 from our course and we got $80,000 from our group coaching, which equals $104,000 from just one course, one group coaching 
three opt-ins a day using a virtual event as the means to take them from course to coaching program. And there's, there's the amazing knowledge that you have again of like the data <laughs> right there. And yeah. that, I mean, that was a very simple masterclass in of itself of how to run a business like what you're doing. And um, I, I checked on your website and I've been getting emails from you guys for a while now because I've attended at least part of one of your virtual events. I have to, I have to admit, I was not there for one of your offers. So I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so you, can, you can kick me off at a, a list later <laughs> if you want to. Um, but the, uh, the, that's, that's really important, I think, uh, because that's one thing that we talk a lot about with our clients also, and with people, whenever we're talking about events in general is really knowing your audience. And that's what you're doing on two different levels, right? You're doing that from a marketing level, which then bleeds into your audience level, right? Because the marketing, you're going after the same person. And there's something that we like to do, which I'm I'm sure you guys do as well, because this, this gets you in the mindset to know, like, what are they thinking about? What are they feeling about when they're attending your event? What are they thinking about? What are they feeling when they're watching this masterclass that you're putting on? which is really simply put, it's it's about like putting yourself in the shoes of, and like sitting in the seat of your audience, right? So analyzing it because you know your audience, which you really do, I can tell, you know your audience for what what is this marketing speaking to them? So that's really, really cool to think about. And I think it's important for all of us to remember, regardless of if we're doing this for our customers or our clients, to make sure that, hey, we're paying attention to what are attendees, what are they going to be seeing and hearing and thinking and feeling when they get that email invite or when they get that Instagram post about the event coming up. So I think that's really, that's really important to know. Um, how did you, and maybe this is a, a longer conversation, but how did you learn about like that ideal customer and what you wanted to do with them over that? Is this, has this been an evolution? Did you learn this from somewhere? This just from testing and trying things out. How did you learn about Oh, I, I refused to get started until I knew exactly the right person so I could launch everything to them and make it perfect from the very beginning. I'm just kidding. You know, you can never know what they really want until you get started. Like, mm. and that's the thing. Most people are like, I want to know not just the journey, but where's every single rest stop? Where am I going to get gas? Who has the best coffee? And they're like, I am not driving until I know all the things and the reality is you have to start driving because you can't know all the things until you start driving and so and i believe that there will be detours along the way and they're on purpose because they actually take us on the path we were supposed to be on mm. all along and i only found this market because i got started so when i first was in this space i worked with anybody who really needed direct response social media marketing. And we had financial advisors as clients. I had attorneys, I had restaurants, retailers, and I had coaches. And we, I really felt I'm a woman of faith. And I kept hearing like this little God whisper of like, this is where how like you were created to help the impact makers make more impact. Like literally that is a whisper that has been spoken to me. And it took me a long time to listen and to do it. Cause I'm like, but they're paying me. Like I like getting paid. I'm doing good things with my money. Like I tied, come on, can I keep doing this? And it's like, nope, nope. You're supposed to focus on them. But I never could have found that unless I did this. And also we used to have a course teaching people how to launch a course. And it really needed more coaching. People really couldn't, they could not on their own come up with, I saw them getting stuck in three places. What do I name it? 
Um, where do I get people from to take it? And how the heck do I do the tech for it? And they were struggling on those three things and really needed more handholding. I never would have known that if I didn't first launch a program, which I'm like, okay, they need more help. So let me make my course about list growth and let me make my coaching program about a course launch. And I got to that space because I started. I held my first event. I only had a hundred people register for it. We still were able to do quarter million dollars in revenue. And then by our fourth event, uh, third event, we did 400 people at it. Like we started and you start and each time you build upon this time before. That's really good. And it, and it sounds like one of the things that you did when you did start is you had like the next step already mapped out, right? Yeah. Like you knew like, Hey, when they show up, we know what we want them to do next. That's, that's, that's pretty obvious from the conversation that we've had so far. Well, Kim, this is this has been amazing. Thank you so much for this. I've got so many notes and different uh, quotes here written down. Um, to close out, I'd love to ask you this: Do you have kind of like a mic drop statement? Because this the name of the podcast, the name of the show is Mic Drop Events. So, um, do you have like a mic drop statement that you can leave us all with? That would be like, hey, here's here's uh, just something, a, a nugget or a piece of wisdom that you've learned along the way. It's a quote by Les Brown that has literally changed the way I think about every single day of my life. And it is evil wins when the good do nothing. Mm, so good. So good. Evil wins when the good do nothing. It's so true. It's so good. I love it. Well, Kim, this has been such a pleasure. I've got, if you're listening to this and you're like, hold up, who, who is this person? Let me tell you a little bit more about Kim. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get real and I'm, I'm going to go ham here on a little bit because I've got her bio pulled up. If you want to get in touch with her, you can go to Kim You can just Google Kim Walsh Phillips. I, it pops up. I trust me. Um, there's also I, I a link three names, in video description as well as in the podcast description. Kim is the founder of powerful professionals. So you can go to Kim or powerfulprofessionals.com. And Powerful Professionals is a business coaching and education company. And Kim and her team, they went from 32 clients to over 11,000 clients. That's right, 11,000 in less than a year and was recently named number 475 in the Inc. 5000. And Kim is an MBA-free self-made millionaire. She's named a must-read by those in business by Forbes magazine. She's behind the scenes, secret weapon of some of the biggest names in business, including Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, Dan Kennedy, um, profit first author, Mike. I'm not going to say that last name because I'll, I'll butcher it. And my name gets butchered a lot, but it's, I think it's Mike Kalowicz, um, Harley Davidson, Hilton hotels. Hey, this is real life. I said, I wasn't going to say it. And then I said it, <laughs> we're, we're going to try. So, uh, Mike, if you hear this and I mispronounced it, I apologize. And then, uh, as I said earlier, she resides outside of Atlanta, Georgia with her, uh, very tall husband. It says right here from her website, glitter obsessed girls and is obsessed and is, or sorry, is fueled by faith, love, laughter, and lots and lots of coffee. And if you want to check her out on social media, you can find her on Instagram at the Kim Walsh. Phillips and all of these links are going to be in the podcast description and in the show notes. Kim, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. You're so awesome. It's my um, privilege and honor to know you and what a treat to be on your show.